This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Today, we are joined by the one and only Mr. Jim Efner, and he's here today to talk to you about how you can build passive revenue streams and, heck, active revenue streams in your agency through life insurance. So, Jim, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you here. Why don't you take just a couple of seconds and sort of give everybody your background so they understand that we didn't just find you standing on a corner and bring you in to interview you today. I mean, you're you're a pretty sharp guy. Yeah, thanks. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, so real quick, my background is uh, I've been in this industry for 32 years. And what makes me unique is that I have worn uh, pretty much every hat you could wear in the industry. So I started right out of college back in uh, 1989. I hope I don't look that old, but uh, I am. So I started right out of college, 1989, 22 years old, selling life insurance for a company called Northwestern Mutual and uh, made the million dollar round table right out of the gates and uh, led the company in sales, was rookie of the year, ended up being part of their most prestigious organization called Forum, which is the top 5% of their reps. And I was the youngest in the company to qualify for that back-to-back years. Did that for 12 full-time years. And then I became a managing partner, which is uh, an an owner of uh, a territory in the Northwestern Mutual's distribution system. So I had 120 financial reps underneath me and my firm and about 400 people. I did that for 14 and a half years. I sold that back in 2015 and I founded this company, P2P Group, which is all about sales training. And P2P stands for taking one's true potential and turning it into real performance. And uh, I specialize in helping advisors maximize their potential with particular interest in life insurance sales and uh, have a lot of experience now in the PNC industry with a number of companies uh, doing that as well. What led you to start P2P? Did you have you just have a passion for the training aspect of things or because you I mean, you were running a shop for quite a while and then transitioned. Yeah, yeah, everybody asked me that question. Um, I would say that, you know, at that point in time, uh, I had been doing this for 27 years. 
Mm-hmm. And when you have an organization with 400 people, it's a big job. And yeah. uh, I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt like at that point in time, I earned the right to do only what I loved doing uh, with people I love doing it with uh, in something that significantly mattered. And I'd say probably as a managing partner, about 70% of my time, I was doing that. But about 30% of the time, I was putting out fires. I was dealing with compliance. I was dealing with just all kinds of stuff that you deal with when you're a CEO running an organization with 400 people. And at that point in time, I'm like, I want to I wanna have fun. I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact. And I want to wake up every day and love what I'm doing. And so sure. uh, I'm going to get out of that big corporate world, uh, sell it, and uh, go have some fun. And uh, it has really turned out to explode. But it's exploding in a way that, you know, now I got I have three full-time people. Uh, I have no brick and mortar. Everybody works out of their house, even pre-COVID. And mm-hmm. uh, I say no to more opportunities than I say yes to. And I make sure that when I do say yes, it's it's uh, it's almost like a habit. I'm, I'm doing what I love doing. And it's um, I couldn't do what I do today without what I did in the past. And so I have zero regrets. But uh, I'm in a good spot right now. Nice. I can tell you this too, my friend, your email look, uh, inbox looks entirely different today <laughs> than it did when you had an organization with 400 people. And I can say that from personal experience. Um, you may not know this, but I have an online ecosystem that's got about 225 PNC users in it that we train PNC producers how to go out and sell middle market uh, property and casualty accounts. And my favorite part of the day is coming in and seeing that one of those people has won and won big. That make that yeah. that's the gas that drives my engine every day. No question, and I get those all the time, and it's incredibly. I mean, now that that is, uh, I would say, my psychic income is way more valuable to me than my financial income at this stage of my career, and it's been, um, I've been blessed. It's been awesome. I agree with you. I mean, you and I are, are the same generation. You're not that much older than I am, just a couple of years, honestly. And, um, you know, I, over the last several years, I, I've really just changed my focus on what it is I want to get out of my career. And it, it, it's not money. It, it's, it's satisfaction. Now, money can lead to satisfaction in some cases, but knowing that I have a skill set that other people can learn from and, and some people would say is a gift and being able to share that gift with other people and make them uh, see how they can be successful as a result is more rewarding than any check that I've ever cashed. Yeah, totally. For sure. So PNC people, you know, we're, we're a little bit of a different breed. I mean, if, if we do life, it's typically because we have the quote unquote life guy in the agency. There's always a life guy. It's whether it's inside the agency or it's somebody that you um, refer it to. I'm interested in how you are able to start the dialogue with PNC agents in order to get them to engage in the life conversation. Because I think, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, because life can be a very nice revenue stream for a property and casualty agent. And if you're looking at a risk management approach, should be in every conversation with business owners and partners. But I think it can they, it gets viewed as a distraction. And, and because of that, never really gets... Um, dealt with to the level that it should uh, from property and casualty agents. So how do you, how do you overcome that obstacle? Yeah, well, I really don't. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, um, as I mentioned, I only do this with people. I only work with people that really want, uh, that I want to work with. And the people I want to work with are people that want to grow. 
And so I don't want to convince anybody to come to one of my workshops because of the fact that they got strong arm or their leader or their sales manager or whatever convinced them to do it. So the people that show up to our workshops are people that come with an open mind that are willing to invest both their money and their time because they have a desire to want to grow. They have a desire to want to get better. They have a desire to want to maximize the potential that they know is out there, but they don't know how. And they're fearful and they're uncomfortable talking about life and they don't know how to do it and they've never been taught how to do it and they know they're not good at doing it but they're coming to our workshop because they have a desire to learn and they're willing to invest their time and their money to do so so and and once people get there it's still a tough job and we could spend hours and i know neither of us have that much time as to why that's such a challenge why they don't do it and all that kind of stuff but at least when they're in my workshops, they're coming with that open-mindedness and that desire to learn. I'm not, I am not convincing anybody to come to my workshop. So what I'll do is I'll talk to a, uh, a corporate office. I'll talk to a, a large territory manager that maybe manages an entire state or sometimes three or four states. And I'll tell them about the workshop and then they'll go and work with their PNC reps and, and handpick you know, who they think should come to the workshop. So I hope that answers your question. No, it does. I mean, it basically is my exact philosophy of who I'll work with. I don't want to have to beg somebody to try and help mm -hmm. them be successful. They either want to or they don't, is my opinion. Right. And so, you know, um, and that's important too, especially with what we do, because it's an online and it's, it's an online environment. And I'm building a culture online. And you can only do that if you have like-minded people that buy into the process, period. Um, right. You know, I've, I've got a saying, Kyle will not, I say it all the time. To me, in any any portion of this business, insurance, um, regardless of what the coverage lines are, if you have a process in place and it's proven, it's replicable, and it's been successful, it's never the process. It's always the person. And for me, when people engage, even, uh, even if they want to... Um, want to, you know, willingly come into my program, at some point, I'm not even a sales coach, sales trainer, mentor, whatever you want to call me. I become a psychologist because the biggest obstacle I overcome when dealing with a, a producer who has the ability to go out and get in front of accounts that are going to pay them $25,000, $100,000 in commissions is to get them to believe they're capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. I think right. that it's sexy. I think that they look at it and they think, wow, that would be a great paycheck to have. And then all of a sudden they get an appointment booked and they start freaking out and you have right. to talk them off the ledge. You got to get them to say, Hey, look, you know, your existence is validated because you've got the meeting. I mean, the meeting's the hardest thing to get, you know, if you True. can get in the door now go to be yourself and do what you need to do. And so I'm interested, um, you know, talk a little bit about the format of your workshops and how, how that has, uh, been developed over the course of the years. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, I just want to say I, I, I couldn't agree more um, that you become a psychologist and it's about the people. And when I open up every workshop, I'm very crystal clear with them to say that every single one of them in has the same barrier. And the same barrier that they have is their fear. And the inherent fear that they have is the fear of what other people think of them. And if they govern their behavior within the confinement of that fear, they'll always be limited as to what they can accomplish. But if they're willing to run through the ring of fire, which is their fear, 
and slowly but surely uh, make progress. And then through that progress, break through to reach their potential, they can move mountains, right? But they got to understand that it's their fear that holds them back. And it's not rational, it's not logical, but yet it is real. And so therefore, what you have to work on is first and foremost, I've always said that genesis of all growth is an acute sense of self-awareness. So for them to be aware of that, and then what you have to do in this workshop is you have to give them tools to be able to fight that off. And, you know, confidence is really what fights off fear. You know, people who are successful like you guys, you know, you did not um, succeed in the absence of fear. You had fear as well because you're a human, right? Mm. We all do, but you succeed uh, even with it. And, and, and how you do that is you build the mental muscle of confidence and how you build the mental muscle of confidence for most people you know, there's the one percenters that are just born naturally confident. But, you know, for most people, it's it's progress over time. And it, it, it starts by little successes. And then they pile on top of each other. And as those occur, they build the mental muscle of confidence, which therefore helps them fight off their fear. So what it is I do in the workshop is I give them the, the, the tools that are necessary, the arrows in their quiver to be able to give them the highest probability of a successful outcome, you know, and then, and, and that is through, you know, basic sales skills. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that go into that. And so that's the kind of 30,000 foot answer to your question. But I would say if I took it just a step deeper, it's that we take a three dimensional approach to everything we teach. The first is mindset because our mind, body follows. And so mm -hmm. they got to get really, 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 really clear of what goes on in the six inches in between their head. And the reality is most advisors, most PNC agents have a lot of subconscious, what I call self-defeated thinking. And mm -hmm. they got to get it out. They got to get it out and they got to pour in a bunch of empowered thinking. They got to get their mind in the right spot. So I spend a lot of time on beliefs, on conviction, on mindset. And then I spend a lot of time on systems stood the test of time i call them systems it's the same thing you know I, I give them a system that has stood the test of time that is proven and then i give them language and so i work on mindset systems and and here's within that uh pillars i should say not peers and and that is repetition and accountability and repetition is the mother of all learning so you know, mm -hmm. how they do each aspect of that system. They got to practice it over and over again. The accountability is when they attend our workshop, they do live role playing in it in the follow up sessions so that they can prove that they've taken, they've learned, they've demonstrated that they've practiced it and now they can implement it. So that's a lot to your question. Hopefully that brings some clarity. Well, it does. Good. I'm interested though, you know, consistently. And I've seen this too. I mean, you're you're dead on the money with the deep seated or subconscious self doubt in the thought right. process. What are the patterns you see? I mean, what do you think drives that? Oh, there's no question. What drives it is their fears. You know. Uh, so, for example, what, what, what? Let's talk about why a PNC agent doesn't sell life insurance because it seems like a no brainer. Well, we all know that most don't, and the ones that do are not very good at right, and they don't sell anywhere near. What the and say about that around? I'm not very good at this. Uh, they have a lot of thoughts that are around things like, um, 
I don't want to look bad. What does this person ask me a question I don't know? When mm-hmm. talking to their financial advisor, that advisor knows so much more about life insurance than me. He or she's going to run circles around me. Um, they go in with self-defeated thinking like the person's all set. The person went through work. The person's all good. They're covered. They don't need any more. They, uh, they, they go into self-defeated thinking, thinking this person doesn't want to talk about this. So therefore, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to upset them. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but uh, it all stems from their fear around looking bad. And, 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 you know, we all have an inherent need. Go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs to be loved. And in this business, just being liked, right? And so a lot of their self-defeated thinking is around <laughs> that if I go into life insurance conversation, this person's not going to like me. And so that holds them back as well. I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder why people, you know, think that way. Think that somebody's not going to like them just for bringing up something like life insurance. Is it because it's a more personal thing than, say, you know, when we're talking to somebody about workers' comp or, or whatever? I, I mean, it's, I could tell you what it is. The industry in itself has a tarnished reputation in the eye of the majority of people. You know, when you say life insurance, people think of Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day, and you know. Or, or, you know, you can take it, you can take it another step. I mean, if you look at the evolution of how some of this stuff has come about, Kyle, I mean, you've had a lot of different sales jobs. I can look back way back when. Are you roasting me right now? No, no, not at all. I mean, it, but you you understand how some of these no, processes work because you've done the door to door thing, and I mean, yeah, I know that I actually rode with a door to door life insurance sales guy one day who was selling de- debit life policies, hmm. and his job was to recruit me to go in and, and try and do that. And we stood there at the door. We would knock. He had his flip chart, and he would name everybody on the street that had, he had already talked to. And I mean, the whole thing it was just like I felt like I needed to take. How a have I not heard about I this home. before? How, how I not heard about this experience. Well, I was like, I was like nineteen back, nineteen or twenty, you know, back in those days. And my my fear and doubt was nobody's going to listen to me about life insurance. I'm barely True. out of high school, right? right? But you know, I just I just think that that's a lot of what people think it is. And in the truth of the matter is, that's not the case. I mean, that's a that's a, a an affliction that a business owner or a consumer needs to get out of their head. I mean, they need to get right. that doubt out of their own mind because life insurance is probably arguably the most important insurance anybody can buy. I mean, I could probably make an argument that third-party liability ranks right up there with them, depending on what their asset base looks like and all of that. But I mean, you know, I just think that reputation is the biggest thing. And we, and, and I think that when you think things like that or you hear things, and I can tell you, Jim, I, I took the life exam in Florida uh, maybe three, four years ago because I wanted to begin – adding that in to do buy-sell agreements and key man policies and things like that for my clients. And when I took the test, I walked out of there shaking my head thinking, oh my goodness, (laughs) no wonder people hate life insurance agents. This entire test was based on stealing from old people. Like every (laughs) single question that was on there had to do with either money laundering or misrepresentation or whatever else. And I, I began to realize really quickly this is they're testing me on this because this is either really happening and people are getting burnt mm-hmm. or, you know, this is what is validating some level of the perception. So, I mean, I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm interested in your, your thoughts, sense. Jim, but th- I think it's just how people perceive the industry that then creates the fear inside the person that's supposed to sell the product. Oh, no, no, no question that, that the perceptions, it's not needed. 
Yeah, everybody needs car insurance. Everybody needs homeowners insurance. Everybody needs some form of liability and so on and so forth. But the consumer knows it. So it's not whether or not they're going to get it. It's who they're going to get it from, right? But most people are going to die. And most people don't think they need life insurance. And so therefore, the um, all the things you said on top of the fact that, you know, people perceive that's not necessary. It's And then, you know, the abuse of it in the industry and the reputation. The movie Groundhog Day is real, and every agent knows that, and that's the last thing they want to be perceived by. Let's face it, people want to be liked. They want to behave in a manner that, you know, their customers or clients, whatever they want to call them, like them. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people feel that that's going to be, you know, broken down if, if they push too hard on the life insurance piece. I think there's also some apprehension that when you are liked and when you do get the relationship that somehow life insurance is a more personal conversation. And so you don't want to put your PNC book at risk by bringing up life because you just don't feel comfortable. I really think it's because you don't feel comfortable talking about it. You mm -hmm. don't have the product knowledge and being completely transparent. I don't. I've yeah. aligned myself with people that if I have these life cases, I refer them to them. And that's really why I got my license. I understand at a very basic and fundamental level, the questions I need to ask to qualify whether or not somebody should have the life insurance conversation. Like, do you have a buy sell agreement in place as business partners? If something were to happen to one of you, do you really want to be partners with your deceased partner's ex-wife you know do you or you know widow mm -hmm. um you know or when if you do have one when's the last time it was updated you know we, and i can go down the basic blocking and tackling questions but when it comes to looking at policy structure and do we need something that's variable do we need whole life do we need term and all of that that's where i'm out and i'm out on an intentional basis because i'm really really good at what i'm really really good at and it takes a lot of room in my head for me to retain that information. So, you know, if I want to go in and talk to somebody about workers comp, I can go all day long. I can make the financial right. case. I can give them the, the information that they need. We can talk legislation. We can talk about training. We can talk about return to work and all of that stuff. I can't do that on life because I just don't have the bandwidth to do it based on how I'm wired. So I want to have a partner that I can go to that I know does have that bandwidth. And as long as I can do the pre-qualification and then go and refer that business over, it works really, really well for me. And that's kind of one of the reasons how we got hooked up with Bestow, right? Mm -hmm. Is because that's really a very much a path of least resistance based on, on what we've been able to do so far. I mean, that's, that's right. a digital transaction. And, you know, again, I'm going to stop and ask Jim for for feedback or his thoughts on that, and then I'm going to going to make another statement about you know kind of why I think this is going to be very successful for our agency. Well, the reality you really want to maximize the potential you have in your increase the sell sale of life insurance. You really have two routes you can go: the route you just said, uh, or the route of learning it yourself. And there is no right or wrong. There's, it's really what it is that you want to do and what you want to engage in. But David, what you just said, that you summed it up perfectly, is exactly why 
PNC agents do not get involved in life insurance sales because mm -hmm. of what you said. You're like, listen, you want to talk about workman's comp? I can talk about it all day long. And I can talk about it with the best of the best of the best. You want to go into the intricacies of life insurance? I'm going to look pretty stupid because I don't really know all that stuff. And so therefore, I don't want to look like that. So therefore, I'm not going to engage in that conversation. But at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. And so when people come to my workshop, the profile, there are people that want to be talking about life insurance as they are talking about workman's comp and it's not all that difficult it's not rocket science but it does take some time and it does take the will get a little bit uncomfortable and that really brings up a whole that is that a lot of us also most of us are programmed to seek comfort right and so when I go work with a PNC agent um, and uh, if you really want to face the biggest challenge I have is the fact that you know in every city it's a different number it's different in north dakota than it is but they're making x okay and x is bigger than their parents ever made and it's a it's a it's a good six-figure income and if they've been doing the business for a while they got a pretty good if not a really good work-life balance and they're happy and they're comfortable and in order mm -hmm. to embrace life insurance is gonna be very uncomfortable. And they would sit back and go, why would I do that? You know, there's a lot of interpersonal risk. I don't understand it. I'd have to take a lot of time. If I wanna put, here's what I'll hear a lot. If I wanna put that much time and effort into it, I'll go double my workman's comp business in areas that I'm confident. I'll go double this, I'll go double that. Why would I learn life insurance? It's too hard. I don't know it and I'm happy. That, that just sums it up right there and that's why all the major companies out there are struggling to sell life insurance from the big gorilla out there in state farm to allstate to american family and now geico progressive all of them they can't figure it out they can't get their agents to sell life insurance it's been flat for three decades it's a major hmm. major area of opportunity yeah, I agree that. I agree with that. I think that if anybody listening to this were to go through their book of business right now and just line out every single client you have and then put a check mark next to who you have engaged for life, mm -hmm. you're probably going to have a list of your clients with no check marks on it or maybe one or two because they made it yeah. so easy for you to have that conversation because they said, hey, will you sell me some life insurance? I need it because <laughs> I'm going to go. You know, I mean, and that's yeah, what that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, so true. Exactly. There's an amazing stat out there. You guys should be aware of this if you're not already. That 91% of all PNC customers, if their PNC agent doesn't talk to them about life insurance, they will talk to nobody about life insurance. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Nobody. I did not know that stat, but that's <laughs> that's life overwhelming. Not bought. It's it's sold. Yeah, well, so you know, I think say, I need a car today. I need a new roof today. I need workman's comp today. I need this today. I got to go out and I got to look at it, the market. And I got to buy it. Nobody wakes up and says, you know, I might die today. I'm going to go buy right. some life insurance. The people who buy life insurance are somebody sought them out, called them, had a conversation with them and moved them to action. But they didn't wake up saying, yeah, I got to go buy some life insurance today. Right. And so therefore, 90 percent of the clientele of all PNC agents, they're not talking to anybody, nobody, right? And so the real ultimate thing is, what, what I think is the biggest opportunity. All these insurance companies have tried 
for years to figure out how do we increase the sale of life insurance. And the two levers that they have, and they change them all the time, are compensation and rewards. Rewards are like the trips they qualify for that they can go on, and compensation is obvious, right? And they'll even say that, hey, if you sell X amount of life policies, we'll get an extra, you know, few bumps on your PNC book of business. You know, we'll increase your payout on that. Uh, we'll do this, we'll do that. And then they wonder why none of them are working or at least are not working over a sustainable period of time. No matter how many times they move those dials, they don't work. They're not sustainable, okay? And the only one that is, the only one that is, is when the PNC agent can look themselves in the mirror and say, what is my job? And is doing my job more important than the size of my paycheck? And although you should never, what's awesome about this business, a lot more money and going on a lot of awesome trips is awesome. And mm -hmm. I, you should never, ever apologize for that. But that's an ancillary benefit, not right. a primary. The primary benefit is says you're an insurance agent. Your job is to make your client bulletproof. You do an awesome job of making them bulletproof in the PNC world. But if a major breadwinner of a household dies prematurely, that's a huge problem and they're not bulletproof. So when you kind of walk into the sunset after a 30 or 40 year career, what are you going to reflect back on? You know, mm -hmm. make you put your head on the pillow and say, man, job well done. I'm proud of what I built. I think it would be that you took a tremendous amount of pride and you focused on making sure one customer at a time was bulletproof. And when you had to engage in an uncomfortable conversation in order to do your job, you did it because it was important to you, right? And those are the people that are attracted to me and my workshops who take a ton of pride in a statement that says, if you're a customer or you're a client of mine, you're lucky because I'm really, 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 really good at what I do. And I really care. And I demonstrate that I care through the behavior that I exhibit in my practice. And those are the people that really want to incorporate life insurance because they know it's important. And they'll do it whether it's uncomfortable or not, simply because it's the right thing to do, not only because of incentives and recognition and rewards. Right. Well, I mean, I think if we're honest with ourselves and we're looking in the mirror and saying, what is our job at its core function? It's to protect someone's livelihood, right? right? And that doesn't isolate itself to just the fact they their business that they own. I mean, you're That's leaving right. a gaping hole and we, we do have a responsibility to our clients. And, you know, am I great about it? You know, I bet, I, I bet I've talked to 50% of my book. Okay. So that means I've got an opportunity to double my, my life right. presence just by going out and talking to the other 50%. Mm -hmm. But listen, PNC agents out there that are hearing this, I've been preaching this for over a year now. One of the number one things you should be talking about coming out of COVID is the company, uh, country becomes more and more open is those conversations around life. I'm willing to bet that a percentage of your book that is relatively substantial was affected by COVID in some way. 
right. whether the owner got it or the partner got it or a key person got it and they couldn't maximize their revenue because that person was out of work. Those conversations around life insurance and disability, key man, buy, sell, otherwise, should 100% be on the table because if you're not having them right now, your competition will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. a good point. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of when you were talking about that number of 91% of people not looking at it if their agent doesn't bring it up. I mean, I would think that COVID had to have had an impact on on that and, and made um, some people think twice. So I, I totally agree with you, David. I think if we're, if we're not having that conversation, somebody else is reaching out to them and that's an opportunity for them to take business from you. Not only that, but it's just, uh, um, you know, let's look at the silver lining of this. Um, the silver lining of this is that there's a massive opportunity to stand out in a way that's very different because most PNC agents are not having the conversations. And so when you, as a PNC agent, decide to have them, you're different than the experience of the majority of uh, PNC relationships. And because of that, you have a higher level of retention. And one of the pain points for a PNC agent is, you know, when customers, clients leave, because of price, because mm. it's just a transaction and it's just a commodity. The up, they don't like it, they shop it, they find a lower premium and they move on. Well, if you're talking to your customers about life insurance and you have a relationship with them, then the relationship supersedes the, the commodity and it doesn't just come on price and they, uh, they value that. And therefore your retention increases dramatically. And when premiums go in all their other lines, if the relationship is there through the conversations you built around life insurance, you have a much higher level of retention. And that's been proven as well. But, you know, in the world we live in, I talk about DNA. DNA is what's different, new, and attractive. And when you build a relationship, uh, you know, it, it's really, um, it's different. It's really different. You know, when I started in the PNC world, I started, I told you earlier, with a company called Northwestern Mutual, and I spent 27 years there. So the PNC world was new to me six years ago, and I did a lot of my homework. I did a lot of research. I did a lot of fact-finding. And, uh, you know, when I polled uh, about 50 people that I had a lot of respect for, you know how many of them have ever met their PNC agent? I mean, met them. Really? Five. Five out of 50, hmm. you know, 45 had never even met their, their state farm agent or their all state agent or their American family agent. It, never, never even hmm. met with them. And now never even had a conversation with them. They talked to their staff. Right? Interesting. It, it's crazy. You know what I mean? So it is crazy. You, when, when you sell life insurance, you got to have a relationship. You got to have a conversation with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, it's just, I, it's a, yeah, and, and I think um, to your point, I think the hardest thing for PNC agents to do is to start that conversation. So, I mean, what's what's a what's a great way for them to do that without giving away too much of your, you know, obviously people need to, you know, get linked up with you and, and do your training for all the secret sauce. But what's what's an easy way for them to start that conversation so that they feel comfortable with it? Um, well, you know, first and foremost, they got to get in tune with, you know, their conviction and their belief. You know, so if I call you up, Kyle, and mm -hmm. I'm your PNC agent, I want to get together and do an overall review with you. And I particularly want to spend some time on life insurance because I think I can help. And you say to me, well, Jim, thanks a lot, but I'm good with that. I got it through work. I'm, 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 I'm all covered and I'm, I'm busy. No, thanks. 
Well, if my belief is not stronger than your belief, I'm done. Right? Sure. And so yeah, I'm, I, I definitely do teach some language and I, I'd be happy to give that, give an example of that to you. But um, first and foremost, it's got to start with, you know, me believing that Kyle, I don't care if you're busy. I don't care if you have it through work. I don't care what you say. The bottom line is that you absolutely positively need to go through a process to assess whether or not you got the right kind and the right amount. And if after going through that process, you have the right kind and the right amount, I'll stand up and high five you, dude. And sure. I'll say, great job. Yeah. But if not, now's the time to know because you love your wife too much. You love your kids too much. It's, you know, this is too important. And we got to sit down and we got to have a conversation. I don't care if you're busy or not. Let's go. Get your calendar out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm going to say because of what I believe. And, and so that's what it really has to come down to is, is the courage of a PNC agent who gets that belief to pick up the phone and call that customer and say, listen, Kyle, we got to get together because my job is to make you bulletproof and we haven't done a thorough any review in a while. And I want to set up some time and I want to make sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed. What day next week works best for you? Right. You know, And, then and that goes back to your have... point about, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all right. You go ahead. I, I was just going to say that goes back to your point about having that mindset of, 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 needing to take care of everybody and making sure that they're properly covered versus just, you know, operating off of, Oh, well this, this particular carrier is going to throw me some more incentives and a trip and whatever, like who cares about that? That's not, that's not going to allow you to have that type of belief in my opinion. Well, I mean, the bottom line for PNC agents out there is you've got to quit selling products. You need to solve problems. If you can figure out how to solve a problem, you're always going to get the pro the product sale done. And you can't do that without uncovering what those problems are. You have to ask the question. So going through reviews like this in, on the life side is really no different than going through a risk assessment when you're walking through somebody's manufacturing facility looking to see, do they have lockout, tagout? Do they have everything ergonomically correct? Mm-hmm. You know, we can do that in our sleep. When it comes down to looking at the financial aspect of the business, number one, I think some of us probably, you know, if you're like me and it took you three times to get through accounting because they scheduled it on Thursday morning and Wednesday was <laughs> drinking drown, you probably aren't as good with your numbers as you think, or at least you're not comfortable with it. But the fact is that, you know, protecting the financial portion of these businesses is huge. And I'm going to tell you people, I don't consider myself to be a fortune teller. But everything I've told you over the course of the last year has come true. I told you coming out of COVID, cyber was going to harden. It was going to become a big deal for agencies across the country to be on their game when it comes to cyber. I told you that when it comes to management liability, DNO, EPLI, fiduciary, it was going to be a big deal. The cyber market is the hardest it's ever been since I've been in this industry. The DNO market is the hardest it's been in years. And guess what? The third one was life. You have the opportunity right now to go out and have these conversations and start, just just ask the questions. Nobody's asking you to sell something. Just ask the question. Mm -hmm. It's common sense. Do you have a buy-sell? When was the last time it was reviewed? How much has your business grown since it was put in place? I mean, these are low-hanging fruit. And just because they have a buy-sell doesn't mean that you shouldn't carry that conversation over. Now, I know we got everything taken care of as far as the funding for the business. Let's talk about what happens for your family if something happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what you said, I think, out of everything, although I agree with all of it, that stands out and is the most important, at least to me, is that stop selling products. 
and start solving problems. And, you know, if anybody is listening to this podcast, in my opinion, that is probably the most important thing that has been said so far. And one of the things that I give to agents out there to empower them are the questions. Because you're not ever, ever, ever going to go out there and tell somebody what they ought to have or what they should have or what your CLU or CFP or whatever credentials you have taught you in a textbook. All your job is going to be is to learn how to find people that have a lot of family values, have a lot of love for others, and then ask them questions. So, Mr. Such and Such, if you got hit by a bus tonight, tell me what is important to you about X, Y, Z, you know, and you, you tell me what you would want to have happen. And after I ask you a series of questions and you tell me what you want to have happen, I'm going to hold up a mirror and I'm going to tell you what the problem is. And I'm going to tell mm -hmm. you exactly how to solve it. And then it's up to you because I can't love your family more than you do. I can't care about them more than you do. At the end of the day, I just asked you a series of questions about what it is you would want. You told me what you wanted in order for you to accomplish what you told me. Here. But, you know, people also have to understand I'm like the rest of their book. It's a very, very, very emotional sale. It is not a logical sale. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is what's really, really a challenge for agents to understand and get their hands wrapped on it. It's very logical for me to go buy car insurance. It's very logical for me to go buy Homer. It is not in the life insurance world. And so that point. is a challenge. So listen, we're getting ready to go into a holiday weekend. For everybody listening, we're recording this the Friday before Memorial Day. I, I don't I want to be respectful of your time. We could probably talk for hours and hours and hours, but I do want for you to take the floor for a couple of seconds and tell everybody how it is they can find you and how they can find your workshops when they're going to be in their area or if they're virtual and all of that. I, I want this to be, I don't want to say it's a shameless plug. I want it to be a plug. I want you to let everybody know how to get in front of you. No, no, I really appreciate that. Well, the best route is for them to go to our website. It's p2p-academy.com. And so that is our web address. Once again, it's P2B, P, the letter P, the number two, the letter P, hyphen academy.com. And so, for those, yeah, and for those of you that don't know what a hyphen is, it's the minus <laughs> sign. And I'm going to have the link. The in, I'm going to have the link in the yeah in the show notes, so <laughs> you'll be able to see get it from the YouTube description as well as the actual show notes of the podcast. But go ahead, keep going. Yeah, that, so, so that's what a hyphen is. Thank you for that. <laughs> so, what I would tell you is that um, if you want to get on the academy, we we have a section just for PNC agents that are all of our systems, all of our language, all of our mindset and beliefs, if you really want to become a expert life insurance producer. And there are suggested curriculums in there and you just have to follow along. On the website, if you go in there and you type in the word power in behalf of this podcast, uh, P-O-W-E-R is how you spell it. Yeah. How to do a hyphen and now you got how to spell power. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no hyphen there. <laughs> All the capital letters. So the word power in capital letters. Me for free for 30 days. So we ran. Boom. For the benefit. The reality of it is, is. Um, got a little glimpse here that. Uh, I, I just went out for a second. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're good. No, we did. You're good. But uh, I'm going to say it anyhow. People power P O W E R. 
no hyphen, all caps. Yeah. That gets you the Academy for 30 days for free. Awesome. I don't know what else you, you could it. ask for. Yeah. You got it. So the bottom line is that, you know, I'm a pretty intense guy. I got a lot of, I got a lot of, we do our workshops, we 50 people. And so that's the most intense way to get Jim Effner is to attend one of our workshops. But we replicated that online in the world we live in today. So somebody fly to where I am and they take the academy and they can take it in step-by-step processes. And they can also apply the repetition is by watching stuff over and over and over again. Every tool they ever needed to be able to get really, really good at this business is on that academy. Love That's it. awesome. Well, Jim, listen, I appreciate you spending about 45 minutes of your time with us today. I look forward to seeing how many people go take advantage of your very generous offer to get access to the Academy for free for 30 days using the coupon code P-O-W-E-R in all caps. I hope you have a good holiday weekend. Uh, we really appreciate you being on and, and just thank you yep. so much for spending a portion of your day with us. I know this is going to bring a huge amount of value to our audience. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.